Hi, I'm Mark O'Connell, and you're listening to Far-Fetched, a podcast about my largely unpaid but mostly enjoyable career as a writer. Now, over the course of the last few episodes of Far-Fetched, I've been reading my unsold Star Trek pitches from when I first started out pitching stories to the staff of Star Trek The Next Generation. I've been enjoying it. I hope you have been too. But I'm going to take a a little bit of a detour today because I missed my normal deadline for doing this episode last week. I'm actually a week behind my, my own schedule. And it's because I got absorbed in a huge project that's really demanded a lot of my time and attention. And that is a search for a new agent. And this is a topic that's of interest and importance to all writers. So why do I need an agent? Well, writers write. We don't make deals. So we need an agent. We need an aggressive pit bull of an agent (laughs) to take care of us when somebody wants to buy one of our scripts. The agent steps in, negotiates the deal, makes sure that uh, you as a writer... Uh, are getting the best deal possible. In exchange, you pay the writer a percentage, usually about 10%, for the work they have done, making sure that you are getting a fair price for the script you have written. Writers really almost completely can't get along without an agent. Now, I am very lucky to have had several agents over the course of, well, the last 32 years as a writer. When I was 30 years old, I was signed with my first agent, it was called the Fourth Right Literary Agency. Fourth Right, W-R-I-T-E. You get the little wordplay there. So I signed on with the Fourth Right Literary Agency in 1990 when I was 30 years old. Actually, it was pretty close to my 30th birthday. And worked with that agent for several years. Her name was Wendy. She got me in the door at Star Trek. And shortly after that... She quit the agenting business. Well, I shouldn't say that. She quit She quit the film and TV agent business, but stayed in the book agent business. And I'll get onto that later because we ended up working together again many years uh, after she quit. The big reason she left uh, the film and TV arena is because she had been through a pretty traumatic uh, experience. She had been in a horrible car accident, and and uh, her two children uh, were killed in the accident. She was almost killed. She was in a coma for several months. It's a horrible, horrible story. But, of course, it caused her to reassess her life, as I think it would with most of us. And she decided that she didn't want to deal with people in the movie and TV business anymore because life was too short, literally. So... I started looking for a new agent. By this time, I had been um, inducted into the Writers Guild, the Union of Screenwriters. And when you belong to the Writers Guild, you have to work with an agent who is signatory to this basic deal, a basic agreement. It's an agreement as to how agents and writers conduct their business. And if an agency has not signed on to that basic agreement, I cannot work with them. Fortunately, the Writers Guild publishes a list on its website of all the talent agencies, all the literary agencies who have signed the basic agreement with the Writers Guild. And that's my guide. 
So back when I found myself in need of a new agent, I went straight to the Writers Guild's list and uh, I started sending out query letters. And it's been real interesting to me. I, I follow a lot of writers on Twitter and it is amazing how many writers go through constant heartache with sending out query letters. It's, it's a tough business. You just have to keep sending the letters out dozens and dozens and dozens of them and hope that somebody bites, hope that you've written a really compelling query letter, hope that you've convinced this agent that you are uh, you are someone who has huge potential as a writer. You just need to team up with the right agent to make it happen. And it's hard work. It may not sound hard, but it's really hard to write an incredibly good query letter and then send it out. Because here's what happens when you start sending out your query letters. Most of the time, absolutely nothing happens. You never hear from the agent. They never respond to your letter. Sometimes they do respond to the letter, and it's a rejection. They'll just say, sorry, this isn't the kind of material we're looking for right now, etc., etc. That's a very, very common response to a query letter. Then every once in a while, you get a positive response from one of these agents. They'll write back to you and say, hey, you got me interested? Please send me this script. Please send me a treatment. Please send me your pitch line. I want to know more about this idea you have or this script that you've just written. That's what you hope for. You hope to get that kind of response from from an agent. And if you do, and then you send the script to them and they like your script, in fact, if they love your script, then they want to represent you and they sign you onto a contract and then they start shopping your script around Hollywood trying to sell it. That's the way it works. So, when I found myself looking for a new agent, I went straight to the guild's list and I started sending out query letters. And at first it was very slow and frustrating, but then all of a sudden I got three offers the same day. I was kind of amazed by that. Everything from my experience had said that that kind of thing never really happens. But it happened. I suddenly had three agents vying for me, and I I chose one that I thought sounded like they could do the most for me and that I could work well with them. So I signed on with this new agency. It was called The Gage Group, and I was working with an agent named Wanda. I went from Wendy to Wanda. And uh, at this time, I was continuing to write for Star Trek, so that was a lot of what we concentrated on. Not long after I started working with Wanda, she quit the agenting business because of a family health crisis. So with Wanda, it was a case of uh, her boyfriend had been diagnosed with a, a, a terminal condition, a fatal condition. And so Wanda just quit the business, and she and her boyfriend moved into the country to just be together as long as they could in his last days, which totally understood her decision. Once again, I found myself without an agent. Well, what happened was the Gage Group went down the list of uh, writers that Wanda had been representing and gave the other agents working for the Gage Group a chance to take on any one of these writers that they wanted to. Well, one of the writers there, a guy named Jonathan, liked my material and called me up one day and said, hey, I'd like to uh, represent you now that now that you're not with Wanda anymore. So I started working with him and he got me through some more Star Trek stuff. And then the transition into writing feature films and working with Jonathan, I had a lot of interesting success. I never got a feature film produced, 
but I had several of my scripts optioned and I had several of my scripts put into development. So for a long time there, we were doing pretty well with uh, inching forward in the feature film writing business. Well, then the 2008 economic crash came and uh, Jonathan, I know, was getting frustrated with the business because the, the economic downturn just changed the business very dramatically. Strangely enough, it also happened to be the time that the Writers Guild went on strike. So you can imagine how much added turmoil there was in the business at this, at this point in time. Well, this was the first time really that all the TV networks started dumping their scripted shows and concentrating on unscripted. And with unscripted shows, at least at that time, there was just nothing, there was no way for an agent to get involved in that because the Writers Guild never saw this coming. <laughs> the Writers Guild couldn't have predicted the rise of the reality show. At the same time, Jonathan's dad was suffering ill health, and he decided that he was going to quit the business and uh, move home and take care of his father. And again, can't blame the guy. Very good reason for wanting to make that change in life. So once again, I'm without an agent. Well, I have a, a mentor in Wisconsin, a guy who has helped me out a great deal in my career with uh, introducing me to people and um, giving me moral and creative support over the years. And he mentioned an agent that he had worked with uh, at times back when he was in development for a, for a studio. And he said, give her a call. She's a wonderful person. She might want to take you on. So I did. I called this person and, and uh, my mentor was right. She was a wonderful person. And we got along great, and we started working together, and she was really pushing me to write a big, big script with A-list characters, with characters that any A-list star in Hollywood would die for, would die to be able to portray in a movie. So she, she really got me thinking in that direction. But then suddenly she got sick out of the blue. She was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and all of a sudden she was, she was gone, sad as that is. It just so happened that at the time I had this opportunity to write a book, and so my choice was easy. Okay, I, I don't have an agent again. I don't really have any desire to go through the query letter adventure at this point in my life. So I'm going to go with the book project. So that's what I did. And the book project kept me busy for several years. And then it got me involved with reality TV, which has also kept me busy for the last couple of years and has kept food on the table. So it's interesting how it's all worked out. But now I find myself wanting to be represented by an agent again so that I can get my feature scripts out in the market. So you know what that means? That means I've got to go back to the Writers Guild's list of signatory agencies and I have to start sending out query letters. And it's, it's funny that query letters are so hard and are such a pain because you're really just, you're promoting yourself. You're trying to sell people on what a great writer you are and what a great person you are. And yet for some reason, that's a really a chore. I had made a stab at sending out query letters about a year ago and got absolutely nowhere. Didn't Wasn't getting any responses. Just seemed like a huge waste of time. So I kind of set it aside. My cancer came back. So the whole last six months of my life, six to eight months, of basic, were basically taken over by that. 
But now that I'm healthy and back at work, I want another agent. And so, yeah, that meant going to the Writers Guild. Now it's on a website. I was able to uh, download their list of signatory agencies. And I had to go back to my query letter that I used last year and give it a good hard look and see if there was any way I could make it better. Well, I had an idea that maybe I should get an outside opinion. So I asked a writer friend of mine uh, if she would take a look at my query letter and give me some tips if she thought she saw places where I could improve the letter. So I sent her the letter, and remarkably, she got back to me within a day, which really surprised me. I was very, very happy about that. And she said, hey, this is a solid letter, but she said, if I were you, I would try to get a little more of your personality across. She said, let them know that you're a cancer survivor. Let them know that you were abducted by aliens. Haha, <laughs> she was just kidding about that, but you get the idea. She said, tell them about yourself. Tell them, you know, they want to get to know you. They want to know who is contacting them. So go with that first. And she said, my only other advice is, she said, at the bottom of your letter, in the last paragraph, you finally talk about what you are working on now and what you want to market right now. And she said, that should come first. That should lead off the letter. So... I added a little bit of personality to the letter, and I rearranged the contents of the letter, according to my friend's advice. And about a week ago, I started sending out the query letter. And there's a whole process with this, because first of all, you have to go down the whole list of agents. And all told, there are probably about 80 or 90 agents on the Writers Guild's signatory list. And you have to go one by one, with each entry, and you have to look them up on IMDb. Well, at least this is the way I do it. I look the agency up on IMDb. I get the name of someone who works in the literary department and who seems to have, if there's any indication, that they have a special affinity towards any type of script. Then I look for someone who, you know, I think would be interested in my material, which tends to be science fiction, paranormal, and a little bit of comedy. So you look for the right person at the agency, and you also look for someone who has posted their direct email address on their IMDb profile page. Because if you're just sending a query letter to an info at dot dot com email address, you can't really, really be sure that anyone at the agency is going to look at it. Letters that go to an info at email address I consider them kind of a waste of time, and yet you still have to send them out. So what you do is you find, the again, you find the name of the literary agent at the agency, and in your email subject line, you just type attention and then that person's name, and then you write the letter. You modify the letter so that you are addressing that person. So that's the process you use. If you can't find an email address, and a lot of the bigger agencies like William Morris Endeavor, they, they don't put any contact information <laughs> up, up on their websites. Or if they do, it's only a mailing address and a phone number. And I have learned from, from years of experience that calling the phone number is next to useless. Maybe there are other people who've had different experiences than I have had. But in my experience, calling the phone number doesn't get you anywhere. You're never going to talk to someone 
you're going to you're going to be on a message tree and you're going to be shuffled off into some email or voicemail account and you will never know whether anybody has ever looked at it or not unless they get back to you which is pretty unlikely so yeah about a week ago i started the process i started sending out my query letters as many of them personally addressed to an agent as i as i could muster um, but the rest of them just sent to attention so-and-so with fingers crossed, hoping that somebody will look at them. And a funny thing happened. I started getting responses almost immediately. I guess it was that new and improved query letter. The only other difference is a year ago when I started sending out queries, I didn't have much in the way of new material. I was still trying to sell old stuff that I still believed in, and I still do believe in them, and maybe someday they will get their turn. But I decided with this refreshed letter that I was sending out now that I would use that to pump the new rom-com that I wrote while I was recuperating from uh, my cancer and another script that uh, a producer has long been interested in and he thinks the time is right to try to get something going with the studio. So I've got two new scripts and, and I was able to plug them both in my query letter. So w one of those factors came into play and as I said, I, I started hearing from people almost immediately. All of a sudden, like the day after I started sending out query letters, I had a phone interview with one agent. He's really enthused about the script that I am working with this producer on, and he asked to read it. And actually, just five minutes before I started recording this podcast, I got an email from this agent saying, hey, I'm about three quarters of the way through the script, and I love it. This is really a great script. So... Oh, I forgot to mention, when I talked with this agent over the phone, he said, you know, Mark, we get about a thousand query letters every week. And he said, yours stood out from the rest because of your the breadth of your experience and, and your obvious versatility, the fact that you can write so many different things. He said, it really caught my eye, and I'm excited to read your script. So that's pretty nice, and that's the way things have been going. I have, in the past uh, eight days, I have interviewed with three agents and one manager, and it's been a really interesting and gratifying experience. Of course, it's hit or miss. I don't, I'm not convinced that I need a manager. A manager takes a much bigger hunk out of your earnings <laughs> than an agent does, for one thing and arguably doesn't do as much work as the agent does. I mentioned earlier that an agent does all your negotiating for you. Manager doesn't do that. Manager just sort of markets you. Or as this particular person described it, she would have been my she would be my coach. Well, uh her response, she she wanted to read 3 of my scripts. So I sent her 3 of my scripts, the manager. And I just heard back from her yesterday and essentially she wants me to rewrite all three of the scripts. If I'm going to work with her, she wants me to rewrite all three of the scripts, which, you know, arguments can be made for that. I'm not entirely closed off to that. But here's the thing that, that surprised me. One of these new scripts, as I mentioned, is a romantic comedy. And this manager suggests that I rewrite the romantic comedy and make the lead characters 12 years old. 
I have never heard anything so bizarre in my life. How can you how can you do a romantic comedy about two 12-year-olds? I mean, I guess it can be done, but it's a little weird. I think it's a very strange idea and it's definitely not where I want to go with my romantic comedy script. It just wouldn't work for one thing. It just would not work. So, it's not looking too good for the manager. I I I'm interested and I'm flattered that she's interested in my work, but I I have serious doubts that we would actually be able to work well together just based on her response to my scripts. So, uh yeah, like I said, three agent interviews, one manager interview, and yes, I have gotten a couple of a couple of passes from agents. Uh, I've gotten two letters, two emails from agents saying, sorry, we're not looking for this type of material. Good luck with your search, blah, blah, blah. You know, those are, those are fine. Yeah, it's, I'm not what they're looking for. I get that. It's not a big deal. There's no, no reason to get bent out of shape over that. Uh, I did get one letter that was kind of bizarre. It was this kind of vaguely hostile response saying, hey, dummy, we don't accept unsolicited manuscripts. And I'm reading this thinking, that's why I sent you a query letter. I didn't send you a manuscript. So I don't know what, I don't know what was going on there, but n- not worth pursuing, obviously. Obviously, they have no interest in working with me. And then the last interview I had was actually just yesterday with an agent who actually has just started uh, a new agency, And she couldn't talk very long because she was packing to go to the Cannes Film Festival, which I thought was pretty cool and, of course, made me kind of envious, but also gave me a good feeling about this agent. So it'll be really interesting to see. And she asked to see a couple scripts. So I sent a couple scripts to her, and she thought she was going to try to read them on the plane if she could. So waiting to hear back from her. Believe it or not, I actually got a rejection letter that made me feel really good about things. (laughs) This is kind of weird. But this was an agency in New York City. And the person, the woman that I addressed my query letter to, wrote back to me two days ago and said, Hi, Mark. Thanks for writing to me, but I am really not the right agent to represent your work. You have an impressive background with wonderful accomplishments. Wish I could help with your work, but I know I can't. Wishing you the best in finding the right representation. Now, I thought that was a very nice letter, and it really made me wonder why she felt she couldn't represent me. It's kind of a mystery. So I sent her back an email and asked her, why do you think you can't represent me? I I mean, I accept your decision, obviously, but I'm just curious to know if you'd care to share. So I haven't heard anything back from her, and I probably won't, I guess. But it was a nice letter, and I really appreciated appreciated that she took the time to write such a friendly and supportive note back to me after turning me down. (laughs) You know, sometimes you just take what you can get in this business. So, but the funnest experience of all was an interview I had a couple of days ago with uh, an agent in Chicago who I'm pretty sure that I have talked with her in previous agent hunts, um, but I'm not quite sure. And she didn't seem to recognize me, so I just I just let it lay there. I didn't, didn't mention anything about it. So... We have our interview, and she's she's being very, very nice and just saying, you know, you you sound really professional, Mark. And she said, I just, I can't tell you how much I appreciate being able to deal with 
people who can carry themselves as professionals. She goes, you, you meet so many strange people in this business. And she said, when I, when I meet someone I can relate to on this level, I, I really, really appreciate it. So right off the bat, I'm feeling pretty great about this conversation. And then we get to the point where she says, well, okay, tell me some about, about this uh, work that you have. Tell me about the script, the scripts that you want to get out on the market. So I'm telling her about the romantic comedy and this was the best part. It's a little it's a little offbeat. I know probably everyone says that about their romantic comedy. So just take it for granted. It's a little offbeat. And she said, okay, after I gave her the pitch line, the log line, she said, you know what? When you first started out your log line, I thought, ugh, I already don't like it. But she said, by the time you got to the end of your log line, I was thinking, hey... This is different. This is original. I like this. So <laughs> she now this is where it gets even funnier. So this is so this is already shaping up to be a really great exchange, right? She's she seems to like me. She's interested in my work. She wants to read the script. But then she makes an unusual request. She says, "Now she said, there's not a big hurry on this. So she said, you know, d- just take your time, put everything together properly. She gave me a list of things she wanted to see. She wanted to read the script. She wanted a, the log line. Um, and she said, I would like you to print it up and mail it to me in the U.S. mail. And I, my jaw nearly hit the floor. I was like, what? <laughs> you don't want me to just email you? A PDF copy of the script? Nope, she did not want that. She said, I can't stand dealing with email. This woman is very old school, if I hadn't mentioned it. So she is insisting that I send it to her, that I print out a hard copy and send it to her. And right off the bat, I'm thinking, thinking, well, thank God I have a printer. But then I realized, wait a minute, if I'm going to do this right... I also need to make the script look right, which means that after I print it up, I need to do the whole, I need to do the three-hole punch thing, and I need to get my brass fasteners, which I'm not sure I have anymore because nobody ever uses them anymore. And I also had to make sure I had my blue cover stock, the thick paper that I need for the top and bottom of the screenplay that I'm gonna send her. Well, I was able to find the brass fasteners right away. They were in a drawer in my desk. But the blue cardstock? I have no idea where that is. I just moved here a year and a half ago. Half my office stuff is still in boxes and containers. I felt pretty sure that I had some of my cover stock somewhere. But I, yesterday I spent about an hour, hour and a half going through my my office and going through all my storage stuff where where office stuff is is stored and I could not come up with anything. So yesterday I found myself in this really bizarre situation of having to find a paper company that would sell blue cardstock cover stock for a script and I and I found one so I'm just waiting to get that. I ordered it yesterday with 2-day delivery. The delivery is actually going to cost more than the paper itself, which drives me up the wall. But what can you do? But the paper is due tomorrow. So when I get that, I will print up a cover page with one sheet of the blue cover stock. And then I will put the whole script together. I've already punched all the holes. I already have the brass fasteners out. 
So it'll be pretty quick work once I get that blue paper, and then I have to go to the United States Post Office and pack all this stuff up in a big padded envelope and mail it off to this uh, agent in Chicago and, uh, again, hope for the best. So that's my experience thus far. Uh, like I said, I just, just a few minutes ago, the, the first guy I interviewed with last week wrote to tell me that he's almost done with the script I sent him and that he loves it. So at this moment, we're really on a high note, and I have a feeling that it's going to continue. So that's my agent hunting story. I will continue to keep you posted if and when things develop. And hopefully with the next episode, we will be back to reading one of my Star Trek pitches because people do seem to like that. Please feel free to leave comments or um, make suggestions. I'd appreciate that. Until next time, this is Mark O'Connell, and this has been Far Fetched. Far Fetched.